everyone, and you're listening to the Mind Over Matter podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. Today's podcast conversation comes from Molly Kennedy, who is a Brazilian speaker, a triathlete, and just in general, a boss lady. I love her. I am such a big fan of her, and um, truly, she blows me away every time I hear her speak, and The first time that I actually listened to her speak on stage was during a leadership conference and her authenticity is just what really inspires me and I just love her story and how she just turned the tables and I think that you're going to learn a lot from this conversation today. A little bit about Molly. She grew up in a dysfunctional family with addiction, abuse, neglect, abandonment, suffered from an eating disorder, was suicidal, and a runaway at 15 years old. Despite all the odds, Molly persevered to become a bodybuilding champion an Empire State Games gold medalist and has finished a full Ironman triathlon, worked as a health educator, coach, and now she speaks to youth internationally about her story to uplift youth. Molly is the author of the book, Creating the Champion Within, How to Get Up When Life Knocks You Down. I'm reading this book currently. I'm halfway through, actually a little more than halfway through, and I am enjoying every minute of it, and um, you can definitely check it out. I will link it in the show notes. She is the physical embodiment of resilience, grit, perseverance, and I just cannot wait for you to meet her. Before I roll the clip, I thought I would mention the question of the day, which um, I did ask Molly during the interview, which was, how does your self-talk change the way you show up? Molly really elaborates on this question, so I hope that you will find this conversation thought-provoking and um, you take some time to really think about how you can translate what Molly says into your own life, because I think that she has a really, really important message today. So, without further ado, here it goes. Okay, so I'm here with Molly today, and I am fangirling just a little bit. I lied a lot. <laughs> and I am here. She's an amazing speaker. Um, she talks about resilience, about grit, perseverance, doing the work, which, by the way, is my favorite part about your talks. And um, I just cannot wait for the conversation we're going to have today. So welcome, Molly. Thank you. I'm super excited to uh, to be with you. I've been looking forward to this for like a month now, I think. I know, likewise. So I wanted to start off with the first question. Um, and this is the great mindset that you have and that you talk about all the time. It's called the flip your 20 mindset. And so what it is, it's basically um, something that I'd love for you to share with your speakers and tell me um, if there was an event or a group of events in your life that kind of made you adopt this mindset. Yeah. So let me explain briefly what it is. Cause people are gonna be like, flip your, huh? So, <laughs> so I know you've heard the presentation a number of times and you're reading my book. So flip your 20 is a kind of a fun, catchy way to say paradigm shift. And so where that stemmed from is, uh, so your paradigm is your perspective, right? Life is all about perspective, but paradigm sounds like pair of dimes and in the u.s where i live for our currency our some of our coins are dimes what do you what do you call them in canada dimes yeah we call them dimes you still have dimes okay yeah i thought there's one that's called something different anyway so a dime is it's 10 cents right so a pair of dimes is 20 cents paradigm 20 cent right so your 20 cent is your paradigm it's a right fun way to say it yeah right yeah like the rapper 50 cent i'm old ladies so i'm 20 cent <laughs> And uh, so to flip your 20 is to have a paradigm shift. 
So if your 20 cent is your perspective and life is all about perspective, flip your 20 is, are you willing to see things from a different perspective? Are you willing to see, I'm, I'm starting to get excited. Like I get so excited talking about this. Okay. Flipping your 20. <laughs> yeah. And I just turned the heat up in my house. I'm like, I shouldn't have, I'm going to be sweating <laughs> by the end of this. Okay. You regret it. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, are you willing to see another solution that it's not the obstacle, it's the opportunity. Are you willing to see that the struggle is the gift? That's where the lesson is. So it's a mindset of, and I'm not saying don't have bad days or things, you know, stink sometimes. Yeah, let's be realistic. I'm saying, what are you going to do with it? And that's where flip your 20 comes from. And uh, and that's, that's what it means. And what I started teaching this, I'll tell you, I think it must have been back probably in 2002 or 2003 when I started teaching. Mm. I taught health education. We use the uh, Covey book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. They talked about paradigm, like that it sounds like a pair of dimes. And I, you know, I gave it the nickname 20 cent. I'm like, let's flip your 20. So almost for 20 years. So I've been teaching it for a long time, but going to your question, like for me, one of the first times I, like it really was, I would say pivotal was when I was learning how to swim because I want to do an Ironman triathlon. And um, I most drowned when I was eight and I've been afraid of water my whole life. And I know that's in the book. Um, it just terrified of water. My 20 cent of water was I'm afraid of water. Mm-hmm. Until one day I decided to flip my 20 and I decided not to be afraid of water. So I went to the local pool, took about 45 minutes, put my head underwater, came up. I was still alive. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I went home and that yeah. was day one of my Ironman journey. And then I went more times under the water and then uh, learned how to swim and took swimming lessons. And then for an Ironman, you're swimming in open water, not a pool. And I live near Lake Erie, so in Lake Ontario, so I had to learn how to swim in open water, which is creepy because monsters, like you don't know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but because I flipped my 20 that, that first day, I said, I am going to go put my head underwater. And this is like 20 years of being afraid of water. I'm going to put my head underwater because today I'm deciding I'm not going to be afraid of it anymore because I want to reach this goal of being an Ironman. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I know this is audio, but you can see my Iron Man poster right in the background here. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) And there were times practicing and swimming in Lake Erie where I was so calm and so peaceful swimming. And I remember thinking all I had to do was believe that I wasn't afraid anymore and take action, AKA do the work. Like, I can't just go, I'm not afraid of water. Yay, rainbows and unicorns. You have to then do the work and take action. But I remember at one point I was swimming so peacefully. It was actually on my birthday. And I was like, I just flipped my, I flipped my 20 and I'm peacefully swimming in a lake on my birthday. Like, you couldn't have convinced me of that, you know, years prior. Yeah. And I was telling a friend this. I said, oh, I said, all I did was I just thought differently and I took action. I said, literally anybody can do this. And I remember her saying, yeah, but everybody doesn't do it. And I said, ah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. you can. It's a choice. It's not easy. Nothing I talk about is easy, but it's always possible. You know, 
And so I think there's resistance to, we get so stuck in our ways of how we believe, our perception, our perspective of ourselves, each other, the world, you know, politics, everything. It's like pump the brakes and are you willing to say, is there a way I can flip my 20 to find more peace, to be healthier, to realize I can reach my goals because someone else who's less qualified is doing it. Why not me? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're starting this podcast. This is amazing. You're 19. <laughs> like, this is so cool because you decided you could, you went after the grant and here you are because you did the work. That's where your power lies. And not only the belief, but then you do something about it and you're willing to do it and you're willing to keep at it until you've achieved. Like from the day I put my head underwater until the day I crossed that Ironman finish line was 10 years. Mm-hmm. So that for me was my first, like, I think a real like pivotal flip your 20, but the most important one was, uh, gosh, it'll be, you know, it'll be 12, 12 years ago next month when I finally asked for help and went to see a counselor. Yeah. yeah. I had, and I know it's all in the book, all the trauma and, and crazy life I grew up with that I kept, you know, deep inside for 20 years and a lot of anger, resentment, bitterness, all that is... I finally, I just knew I couldn't live like that anymore. I, I'm like, there's a happy person in here. I know it. I got to flip my 20. I'm thinking I'm the toughest person and it's me against the world. That was my whole life up to then. Mm-hmm. And I flipped my 20 and said to a friend, I need help. I need to talk to someone. And then she sent me someone to talk to. And from that day forward, and I spilled all of my stuff. That day for that was my biggest flip year 20 because I shared my stuff and now my life has taken a whole different trajectory. You literally could not have paid me enough money to think <laughs> I'd be sharing my story in a book or on stage. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But that's the power of flip your 20. There has to be another way. I know there's something better. It's going to be hard. It will be a struggle, but man, won't it be worth it? And that's what lies up in our minds and our mindset. And isn't your podcast is called, uh, it's mindset over matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful because the matter, the way I read that mindset over matter is, is your current environment Mm -hmm. or your experiences. That's the matter. Like, Hey, here's what's happening, but it's how you choose to interpret it and work through it or deal with it or use it to propel you forward. The matter is going to be the same. You're going to school. You got family problems, friend problems, whatever that's the matter. That's there. That's your environment. Mm-hmm. What's your mindset going to be to overcome your current circumstance? You know what? I, I love that. And I'm especially so affected by, by the way that you said um, how one action. So you decided to, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to train or, you know, I'm going to just make the jump for it. And I'm going to go into this water, even though I'm really scared of it. And it's how one action led to another and one success led to another. So you, you, you can really surprise yourself when you change your mindset. And it actually reminds me of this really good quote where it's like, I'm responsible for every action in my life. And if I want different results, I have to change my thoughts and I have to change my actions. So yes. doesn't it start with that? Like, I think that's such a huge, huge mindset shift. Yes, it does. I love that. Because I literally, I'm, I just got like chills, like, because that's the point. Like momentum matters. And one thing I, I, you know, I listen to Tony Robbins. I've been to a bunch of his conferences. And one thing I love that he says is like he, success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where you build your momentum from. So if I go underwater and I came up alive, <laughs> which you did, <laughs> which I did, I'm here. That gave me the confidence. I go, huh? I wonder what else I could do. I bet I could go under longer. Huh? Check. What else can I do? I bet I can go under more times for longer. So that momentum, and it is, it's, every, it's based on action. Look, wishing is not a strategy. You got to take action. That's the do the work part. Because mm. I can't just go, hey, change your mindset. Oh, I believe I can do the thing. But if I don't do the thing <laughs> or do the work, believing it's not gonna it happen. is, right, it's a step. It's a huge step. But the action is the critical piece to make that come to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And when I think back, like when, like you mentioned with your whole counseling experience, right? That must have been so uncomfortable for you. <laughs> and I think you can speak to that because like you're you've probably been um I guess in a sense forced to kind of say something and you know that you know you've been holding it back for so many years. So was there somebody that pushed you or was there some or, or were you that person yourself to be like, you know what, I need to stick with it. I need to keep continuing this action. How do you just how do you not stop? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I knew I needed, I don't know how far you've gotten the book, but I had a kid who, who brought a gun into my classroom. Like it was concealed, ah. but did you get to that part? Yeah, I did. So that was the, the impetus. Cause I was coming out of my skin because of the way I was treated by administration after, because I never dealt with my stuff and my trauma. So I felt like I was 16 again. Mm-hmm. So that was the real impetus. I, I couldn't even stand myself because all of that 20 years of bitterness and resent and trauma and all of it was coming up. So I knew I needed it. Mm-hmm. But once I started and I sat down with her and still same counselor, I lucked out first try. She's awesome. Um, and I blurted all my stuff out, all my trauma and everything. I was walking, I was still teaching at the time. I walked out and she said, I don't think you're going to be teaching forever. You need to share this story. Now, part of it, I wanted to punch her in the face because I was like, <laughs> "My story, what? So I'm like, it took me 20 years to say this once. <laughs> you want me to share it with the world? But I also knew in my, I was like, how does she know that? Because I knew I wanted to talk about my story to help mm-hmm. other kids in a way I wish I was helped. So I knew I had to, but I was nowhere near ready. So it was weird that she's picked up on that. Um. But though that first, the first year in particular was painful, painful. (laughs) Like if you picture an attic and it's like, like maybe in a movie and it's like dusty and there's cobwebs and for decades. Mm. And then someone comes in with like a big, like, you know, leaf blower or fan or something. (laughs) And it all just starts to go all over and you can't even see which way is out and you're gagging. Mm-hmm. that's what it felt like mm-hmm. for about a year. Cause I hadn't even come to terms with so much of my stuff that I experienced, but I had like suppressed and disassociated with. So that first year it was, I mean, I, I mean, painful. Like, I can't believe that's my life. How am I still here? Why am I not dead or a dropout or an addict? Not like, so it was just insane in my head. You asked, why did you keep going? I knew there was a happy Molly in here somewhere. She never, I mean, not that I was miserable all the time, 
I mean, I was still funny, but I was tough and I was yeah. kept people at bay because I didn't trust people because I've been hurt so much. So, but I knew there was this loving, like positive person who had a good heart, but I had built up the castle and the moat and the fire breathing dragon around my heart. Yeah, it was it's like a mask kind of. The mask, yeah. Like yeah. that tough girl mask, like, I don't need you. What I knew that I needed her to come out. Mm. I knew she was inside and I couldn't, I just couldn't live angry anymore. I had done it my whole life. And so, right, so it's like, gosh, my, I'm 46 now. So that was, I was 34 when I started going. I knew that was my only path because I couldn't do what I was doing anymore. It was, it was exhausting. It was unhealthy. And I just couldn't live a true life because there was just too many secrets. So the, the goal and the truth, I could see it. I didn't know what it felt like, but I could see it. And I knew this was the only way it was to go through. It's amazing. And I, and I, I really admire how you had that in mind, even while you were going through all of it. Cause it's easy to, it's easy to be like, and that kind of leads into my next question that I had for you, because it's like, you think that you're dealing with a lot of stuff and you have a lot of stuff and you're like, well, I have stuff. And sometimes you use that as an excuse to not do the work. Right. And so one of my favorite chapters in your book is about, we've all got stuff, right. And we've got problems in our lives. We've got challenges. Um, we all have something that we don't always talk about either. And so having stuff, that's what you mentioned in your book. You said having stuff does not make you unique, but thriving despite it does. And that, that reminds me of what you just said about your counseling experience, because suddenly you've just, you've kind of just addressed the whole elephant in the room, right? That's, that's the stuff. And like, what are you going to do with it now? Like, how are you going to move forward? So, so why is it important to move past that stuff? And why do you say that? I want, I'm just curious behind that chapter where you said thriving despite it does. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, especially working with young people, right? I've been working with teenagers for like 24 years is because I know, like I can, I can become 16 in an instant. I can get into that mindset right away. Yeah. I know what that felt like to think you're the only one you're alone. You'll be the shame, the embarrassment, um, of whatever you're dealing with. If anybody found out, what would they think of me? Would they think less of me? Would I not be loved? Would I be made fun of? Like, the devastation that we play in our mind of what if someone found out? And that's the, that's the power of shame also. Mm -hmm. I know what that felt like up until 34. <laughs> I know teenagers feel the same way because they tell me. So the part of it is letting everybody know that we all have stuff so you know you're not alone. I will tell you, you know, there are some things I say in my talks that I think, are like the most important thing or it's really funny but nobody's laughing <laughs> I keep trying yeah. to force the joke or <laughs> the thing that came out that I had no idea would be so powerful was that when I talk about my stuff and I share the slide of stuff and is no matter what you're going through you are not alone when I tell you how many people come up to me after or message me that that one sentence was the game changer, when it, to me, I'm, it just seemed like a, an important line, very important line, but not transformational. 
just kind of seemed like obvious in my head. But Mm -hmm. when you're a kid and you're hearing that, not only that you're not alone, but someone just shared their soul to you and was vulnerable. And I'm talking about being, you know, addiction in the house and my mom's husband almost beat my brother to death and my, uh, you know, being neglected and the eating disorder and the suicidal thoughts and then running away and then being molested, like all of that, just bearing your soul, that vulnerability gives other people permission to be honest and vulnerable with their stuff, to do the work, to heal, to move forward. If I just came in and did some funny jokes and said, I'm an Iron Man, nobody cares. Nobody cares until you can go, what about me? Why do I need to pay attention? How does this relate to me as an audience member? Well, when you're just raw and honest and vulnerable and they can, and you, you know, you, you're young, you, you know, when someone's being honest with you yeah. and you know, when they're not <laughs> right, yeah, especially absolutely. Young teenagers, like, <laughs> you, you know. You can smell it from like a mile away. (laughs) Yes. And they feel that. So it catches them in a way that they need to hear on that day. Oh, it's not just me. Wait, literally everyone in this room, even like the most perfect kid or that principal or teacher who's got all together, everybody. Yeah. Now it makes it not so isolating. Now it takes away a little bit of the shame. Not that it's easy to deal with it or I'm not downplaying it, but now you kind of have gotten permission in a way to talk about it with someone that you trust and someone who has your back. So that's part of why I share my stuff because I know what those kids are feeling. Not that I know exactly what they're feeling. That would be gross to even say, but I understand when they're coming from a place of wearing the mask and hiding and the highlight reel on social media and everything's (laughs) great. Like, dude, no, it's not like, not that you have to have major trauma either. It could be just a comparison to a sibling who always gets the limelight and you're like, what's wrong with you? Or why aren't you as good as your brother? Mm. So it, it, the stuff is on a continuum from big stuff to small stuff. But when someone knows they're not alone and they're not the only one, it changes how they feel about what they believe about themselves. It changes and allows them to flip their 20 on oh, it doesn't mean that I'm a piece of garbage or unlovable Mm. or not good enough or not smart enough. I mean, the amount of kids I meet, especially like real high flyers that are like, right, doing all the things. And I was that kid who think they're not smart enough and good enough is ridiculous. But that's what they're choosing to believe because of whatever their circumstances are. Mm -hmm. So if we can work through that, that changes the trajectory of their life. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I I was thinking about it, like when you said that line, like you're not alone, I think about, I think about the vulnerability that speakers, whenever I go to any speaking event, really, and I hear a speaker talk, the moment they kind of share their vulnerable story, like the room goes quiet. And the reason it goes quiet is because people are like, oh, so this, this is what you went through. And that's why you're here, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that there's so much power that comes in that vulnerability, but also it gives permission to your, your listeners to be like, hey, and, and you know, that's, I think that's the thing with social media as well. Like we see highlight reels so often. Um, and I'm so guilty of this. I'll post something. I, I might be having like a, a terrible day, but then I'll post like something that has nothing to do with it. I'll be like, everything is roses and flowers right now. <laughs> so 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that it makes such a big difference. And yeah, I, I, I really admire the fact that you continued the counseling and now you're speaking and you're doing, you're continuing your calling that you felt right yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And it's a way to, again, like I said, helping kids in a way I wish, so, oh my gosh, I wish someone had helped me with, you know, with that 20, well now 30 years ago, it would have, but that wasn't the case. So I don't, I don't have a time machine and I don't necessarily wish things were different because and this is also like you asked about like, I think like doing the work and why keep going, or I can't remember exactly what the question was now, but it's, I know I would not be the Molly I am today without all of that struggle. No. Mm -hmm. Am I happy that I was molested? <laughs> nope. No, probably no, not. I'm no. never going to cheer for that. Absolutely. And I still not. get triggered sometimes when I see things right, or right. hear stories. But it's, but to, to me, it's not just, oh my God, I'm triggered. It's, this is part of my healing. I need to go deep into the story. I need to learn what, because it helped like with the USA Gymnastics and, and um, the doctor who was molesting everybody for years. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to almost all of those um, impact statements because for me, it might seem like traumatizing to someone else. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you listen to that? Because I need to hear other survivors. That gives me strength. So do I wish I had all of these terrible life experiences? No, but because of them, and well, that was your question to thrive despite it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is, yes, that is what you asked. Thrive despite it. It is because of that I have been able to create this version of Molly that is like, oh, you think I'm not going to do the thing? <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, underestimate me. That'll be fun. And not mm -hmm. in a snarky, nasty way, but like, dude, seriously, with everything I've been able to overcome with no coping skills, I can literally, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Either quickly, it might take me a long time by myself with people. I will figure it out. I will achieve the thing. I will do the thing because I have so much experience of thriving despite it, like surviving for many years, but then it eventually transitioned into, into thriving because I learned how to flip my 20 and to do the work, to maneuver through, to go, yes. mm -hmm. look at how strong I am because of it. I'm not beaten down. I'm not going to be the victim anymore. I did that for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the victor. That's why my book and my talk is called Create, creating the champion within how to get up when life knocks you down. Like, and flip your 20 was made for a pandemic. <clears throat> this will make so us true. better stronger, not, not perfect. We all have our own trauma, but you will get something out of it that will propel you to move you forward. If you choose to believe it and you take action and you get that momentum going, I am sweating right now. That's how excited I get about this. <laughs> me too, Ooh. because you know what? I, I, it takes me back. It takes me back to GSLD, um, the global student leadership day. And I was there, I was listening to you. I was listening to different speakers. And um, I remember it was Dr. Greg Wells who said it. Um, he said that like, don't, if this pandemic ends, if and when it ends, um, <laughs> don't go back to be the person you were originally. Do the work to make sure you change that. And it, it literally gives me goosebumps to think about it because if I think back to who I was before this pandemic, now I'm not saying I'm glad that this pandemic happened in a way, in a way I am, but in a way I'm not. It's sure. just like, it, it, it tells me that, it tells me that doing the work and Deciding that you want to change, flipping your 20, that's what makes the big difference. And when, you, when you're when you on the other side, you look back and you're like, 
hey, like, that's me. I did that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And we're almost a year in, right? We're about 11 months when we're recording this. I hope we're not the same person from a year ago. Even if you were doing great and things were cool. Is there the next level or, you know, where did you catch like a, you know, a shortcoming or a weakness that this has forced you to work on? Right. Like for me, patience is one of that. That patience is my forever lesson. Mm-hmm. So I've really, this has been, <laughs> I've had to work on patience in so many ways the last 11 months, but yeah. I know that's my lesson. So I can catch myself if I'm being short tempered or, you know, impatient. It doesn't mean I'm never impatient. I certainly am sometimes. <laughs> but I'm aware to catch myself to go up. Oh, okay. This is the lesson again. Here's my patience lesson again, but I know how far I've come with patience mm. and I know there's still room for growth. So I look at that as a productive thing Yeah. versus this is so stupid or I, I can't believe this is still happening. I'm like, Hey, what am this is our matter. This is our environment. Yeah. Where's our mindset going to do to what's our mindset going to do to overcome, to deal, to thrive, to grow, to just be a little bit better than we were a year ago or a month ago or whatever the case might be. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it takes me back to the question of the day that we, and every podcast, we have a question of the day. Um, you journal on it. You think about it. Um, I like to journal personally. So I like to, I like to get all the thoughts out, but the question of the day today ties in really well with what you're saying, which is like, how does your self-talk change the way that you show up? Mm, great. Ooh, you got good Ooh. <laughs> How does my self-talk change the way I show up? <laughs> um, I have trained myself over the years to, I don't know if saying supreme confidence, I don't know if that's the exact right language, mm-hmm. but to have confidence and belief that I know I'm going to be successful at whatever I'm doing, a talk, a tough conversation, whatever. I know I'm going to do it and figure it out because I have so many examples of that happening. Doesn't mean I don't make mistakes, but I have so much. I just look like if I ever get nervous or like, I'm going to air quote afraid because I think afraid's a little, I'm not a fan of that word, unless I'm being chased by a bear or something. <laughs> but if I ever go, oh my gosh, like, oh no, what if I do terrible on this podcast conversation? Oh, what if I goof up? Well, that, I know that self-talk doesn't help me. It's, it's actually, oh, yeah. it grosses me out. Yeah. It's so gross. Hashtag don't be gross. But, <laughs> but I've trained myself to have the confidence and the momentum that when that gross thought, negative self-talk comes in, it just feels so foreign to me that I'm able to pump the brakes up and go, oh, mm-mm. this is going to be awesome. I could get this chat and we're going to have fun. It's going to be awesome. Like, and then I just change the way I, I, I approach it yeah. because there's no way I think this is ever going to be a terrible conversation. Like, mm-hmm. or if I get up going to get on stage and I go, oh, I'm so nervous. What if they don't like me? What if I mess up? I go, mm-mm. My body responds physiologically the same way, whether I'm nervous or excited, I'm going to choose excitement. I get to go out and talk to these kids or these teachers. I'm excited. We're going to have so much fun. And I just change the way I, I think about it, but then do the, do the work, the action. I bring that energy. Mm. Right? I know our, the people can't see us now, but I'm like jumping around my room. I'm like waving my <laughs> arms, right? She is. <laughs> because that's the energy that I want to bring because that allows me to bring the true message to place in your lap or the lap of the listener so they can take it, they can flip their 20 and they can take action and do the work 
to take their life to wherever they want to go. Yeah. But if I come up afraid and nervous, like you said, you'll smell it from a mile away or a kilometer away. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to serve anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a matter of training myself to bring that confidence and energy to deliver a message that will be meaningful to the person listen, listening. It does. And it does change the way that you show up. Um, I, if I think about it, like when I put the most pressure on myself, again, it doesn't, it doesn't do me any good. And recently I've been trying to tell myself, like, give yourself some grace and space because when you do, like, you're not putting pressure on yourself, which means that you're giving yourself permission to show up. And Brene actually talks about this in one of her episodes where she's like, it, she calls it the FFTs, the mm-hmm. effing first times, right? And she's like, she's like, I have never gone up to a podcast microphone and been like, hey, everyone, I'm Brene Brown, you know? And she says that give, give me a minute because I can't even get myself to say it sometimes. So it's vulnerability, again, that kind of comes back, which is mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. A vulnerability, and I, you know, I've said in the book too, and when I was in counseling, I couldn't even say the word. My counselor, I would call like the V word and then she'd say it and I would get like flushed because I was disgusted because I'm like, I'm not being vulnerable because yeah. I'm vulnerable. All that terrible trauma happened to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then eventually doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, flipping your 20. I now can say, and she still laughs when I say it, when I'll text her sometimes or when I have an appointment, I'm like, oh my gosh, like vulnerability is the key. Like vulnerability <laughs> is take. the way. And she's like, who are you? I'm like, I know. Remember when we started? So like 12 years ago, but that's the reflecting back. Mm, yeah. I want to celebrate that success. I want, I, I want to be vulnerable because I know it, it, it helps me. It helps any, whoever's listening because we're so afraid of it because we thought it was weakness because we've been taught by society it's weakness, especially oh, yeah. for uh, um, men and males and people who identify as males. Got to be tough. No, man, you want to be strong, be vulnerable. You want to be brave, be vulnerable. Because it shows who you are. I am so here for that. I am so here for that. Oh my goodness. That gave me chills. Like if you want to, if you want to be strong or if you want to show yourself as strong, be vulnerable, dare to be vulnerable. Literally. Yeah. That's why I like too. I'll even, you know, on the male piece, like I I know there's um, like professional male athletes. I know some in the NBA right now talking about uh, mental health or various mental issues they might deal with. When you have a professional male athlete who has to, who society has taught be the toughest, strongest, most testosterone, when they're being vulnerable, that's a game changer because everybody watching sees this powerful, rich, influential person show themselves and show that they have stuff also and show that they're not alone and talk about the counseling they went through. That is true strength. So we have to flip our 20 on what we have been taught and believe vulnerability is. And that's one thing Brene Brown has helped me with tremendously. Like she, I've listened to her audiobooks, all of them multiple times, like queen, <laughs> total queen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, actually I was actually going to make a comment, like, you know what, Molly, you need to, you need to be my therapist. Okay. You're so good. (laughs) You're literally so good. (laughs) 
And so based off of that, if you think about, if you think about your professional, um, your professional work and your personal work that you've done, um, based on that experience, what's, what's the biggest mistake you find? Um, maybe people of my age, people older than me, if it's generalized and just people in general, um, when they're going through a challenging time, what is the biggest mistake they end up making? Yeah, I think you're right. It is any age. Um, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier is part of it I alluded to is they think they're alone. They're the only one who has divorced parents, the only one who has an addicted mom, the only one who's cutting. So that knowing that they're not the only one. Um, second is, and especially with young people, they think they should just be able to figure it out and, and solve the problem on their own, usually because they don't want to bother anybody. Mm. They don't want to worry anybody. Like I get this when kids come to me about the, that they're cutting. I don't want to tell my mom, I don't want her to worry because you know, she lost her job and there's a lot of stress or whatever the situation is. So they think they, they, so now there's not only this issue, whatever they're dealing with their stuff. I think I'm the only one. I should just probably figure it out myself because mm. I don't want to be a burden to anybody. So what happens? It just gets stuffed deep down for however many years or forever, and they're not living to their fullest capacity or to self-actualize. Like, so that's why we say like, you have to have someone to talk to. I don't know if it's a counselor, yeah. if it's a best friend, a parent, an uncle, a coach, whomever. You do not have to figure, you're not qualified to figure it out on your own. We weren't meant to be alone. We're, we're, not, we're not socialized like that either. No. And especially even now, like knowing that, you're not a burden to anybody. People want to help. They want to love you. They're like, oh my gosh, you, I didn't know you were going through this thing. Let me help you. Oh my God, I love you. So like they, people are like really wanting to help. We have to give them the gift of letting them help us. Yep. Dare to be vulnerable. Yep. Literally dare to be vulnerable. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I'm actually going to go back because now we've talked about your book so much. We have, um, I'm reading it right now. I'm not fully done it, um, but I'm enjoying it so much. And I'm filling out um, the pages that you have. That was going to be my question. You got to do the your turn section. (laughs) I do. It's doing the work. So I I fill out those pages um, and you can actually, if you're listening, you're a school president, you're a teacher, you're leading a club and you really like what Molly's saying, you can absolutely book her as a speaker and you will not regret it. And if you like this talk, you can actually um, get her book creating the champion within where can we get it molly yep so you can check out on my website is uh, mollykennedyspeaks.com there's a link to it on the website um they can contact me on my website it's all it's on amazon because what isn't <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah so there's two ways but mollykennedyspeaks.com is a good way lovely and i'll and i'll link it in the show notes so everybody has it and where can we find you yeah Instagram. So, yeah on instagram the the I always say I reply to every direct message that I get. And you know, we've, we, that's how we got connected like almost yeah. a year ago is um, at flip your 20 underscore on Instagram. So I put good stuff, positive stuff up, stuff up every day. You can DM me if you're listening to this right now and you're like, uh, I'll be your biggest cheerleader if you're flipping your 20. If you want some advice from someone who's impartial, I'll give that to you straight. She's too. your girl. Yeah. <laughs> she flip is. Your 20 <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. And I'll also link that in the show notes as well. But I'm on to my favorite part now. 
It's called The Rapid Fire. I am so excited about this. Okay. I'm so excited. Ready? Ready? I I literally just got into like an athletic ready stance. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Ready? So you have to give the answer in one line or less. Okay. Wait, how many questions are there? Uh, One, two, three, four, five. Five. Okay. Five Five questions. questions, One sentence. Okay. See, I had to prep my mindset. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get started. What does putting mind over matter mean to you? It means you can overcome any circumstance at any time if you believe you can and do the work. Love that. I love that. What is something you've read or are listening to recently that's inspired you? I'm uh, reading a book on RBG. A friend gave it to me for Christmas. It's like super thick. It's great. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. And it's your last day on earth. Who would you want to spend it with? And it can be anyone, a celebrity, anybody in your life. Hmm. My first, cause I, cause my family isn't a huge piece. I mean, my grandparents, my grandpa was, but I'm totally not going a sentence right now. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't think of family. So not to anyone. like make the, the listeners go, what a jerk. Should, yeah. I automatically go to Oprah. Oprah. Like I did meet her. I did meet her once. But to have a conversation with her would be like epic. I was going to think you were going to say your uh, counselor, but. (laughs) I see her enough. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to see her my last day. She gets enough compliments throughout the year when I text her. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Um, Okay. Question number four. Um, What has been your silver lining of the pandemic? Mm, I love this question so much. My silver lining has been to practice gratitude daily. Um, I have a roof, I have clothes, I have food, I have my health and I have perspective. Period, in a sentence, winning. My hands are up for that one. That was, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, that's, and it's put, and it's brought to light so many, so many issues that we see on the news where people can't even get the basic necessities that, we do. So definitely hundred percent. I think gratitude has been one of those for me as well. Mm-hmm. And finally, okay. um, what is your favorite song or a song that you've been listening to recently? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm so not a music person, but really? I do have an answer. Okay. I do have an answer. Um, it's called, it's a country song. I listen to mostly country. I don't know who sings it, but it's called most people are good. Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard of that one. It's, uh, I'll have to do it on Kennedy Karaoke on Instagram for you. <laughs> yes. I believe most people are good. Oh, no, most people are doing as good as they can. This is going to ruin all your listeners. Like, she should stop never... singing. <laughs> Molly Listen, Kennedy, I, the singer, you guys. <laughs> I, I lip sync through chorus in high school. But go, um, most people are good. YouTube it. It's an excellent song, especially in the day we're in right now, the day and age where there's so much, I don't care where you live, divisiveness. Mm. To come back to, we're not going to agree with everybody, but at the core of us, most people are good. I love that. I'm going to actually check it out after uh, after we talk. Molly, it has been a pleasure. <laughs> Same. Same Z's. That, wow. That was one heck of an inspiring conversation. Um, Molly's story and message literally gives me 
strength and it gives me chills and I hope that it did for the same way. As mentioned, you can get Molly to speak to your organization or school by booking her on mollykennedyspeaks.com. Um, you can find her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as Flip Your 20 And of course, I will put everything in the show notes so you have access to it. Um, pertaining to the question of the day, I thought I would just give a little bit of a tidbit on my thought um, and what I took away from Molly's conversation. And I think it's really clear how mindset matters so much. And when we change the way that we perceive our experiences, things change around us, right? Like things change within us. And I actually confided in Molly, um, I believe, a few days before we were going to record this episode. And nonchalantly, I just said, hey, you know, I'm really nervous, but I'm excited about this. And she oh so caringly uh, wanted to know why I was nervous. And she encouraged me to think of this um, during our conversation. And she said that if you keep thinking about yourself and if you keep talking to yourself in a way that you're um, you're not serving yourself by saying, oh, I'm going to mess up or you're not going to meet your own perfectionist expectations. And it's going to turn out that way. And I think that's a perfect example of how we dictate our own outcomes, right? Like when we talk to yourself, examine that self-talk. What does that look like? How do you paint yourself when you talk to yourself? And are you more compassionate or do you beat yourself up? So I thought those were, that, that was like a perfect example of um, Molly really making me think. And of course, I know we're all kind of learning in this own way. And I am too. Like I learned so much from that conversation. But I think it's a perfect example about how we kind of create our own narratives in our minds. And it changes the way that we show up and it changes the way that we um, go out in the world and do our work. Um, So anyway, (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This conversation really, really makes me want to book a therapy session with Molly. So Molly, if you're listening to this, I'm waiting for your DM. that's all for today you guys thank you so much for tuning into this episode and if there's something that stuck out to you i want to know so send me a dm i'm also on twitter now it's at mirachata i will link it in the show notes it's also i believe on my anchor fm so if you want to go into there it's linked so with that being said thanks so much for listening and until the next episode see you soon